something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show for those who can never know enough about history. I'm Gabe Lussier, and in this episode, we're looking at the colorful, lightweight timepiece that revolutionized the watch industry and helped define 1980s fashion in all its tacky, day-glow glory. The day was March 1st, 1983. The Swatch Group released its first collection of watches in Zurich, Switzerland. In a drastic break from Swiss watchmaking tradition, the Swatch was inexpensive, battery-powered, and quartz-regulated, with no need for winding. It was also designed to be casual rather than luxurious, and it sported a plastic case and band that was available in a variety of eye-catching designs and colors. The Swatch was made to appeal to customers of all ages, and with a low price of about $30 US, the hope was that many people would want to buy more than one. That accessibility, in the ever-growing lineup of different styles on offer, helped the Swatch seem more like a fashion accessory than a piece of jewelry. Many customers amassed a wardrobe of swatches and then rotated through them, pairing them with different outfits, like they did with shoes, purses, scarves, or neckties. More than just a way to tell time, the swatch became a fashion statement in its own right, and for some people, even a form of self-expression. Most importantly, though, 
it helped save the Swiss watch industry during the dark days of the so-called quartz crisis. For centuries, Swiss watches had been held up as the gold standard of timekeepers. But in the late 1970s, a new, more affordable contender emerged, the quartz-powered digital watch. Popularized by Japan's Seiko Watch Company, the cheap, mass-produced watches became the go-to choice for consumers all across the world. By 1977, Seiko was outselling every Swiss watchmaker in the business, prompting some serious soul-searching within the industry. Over the next few years, Swiss watch sales continued to decline as the quartz crisis took full effect. There were factory closures and mass layoffs, and it soon became clear that if the industry and its heritage were going to survive, it would have to branch out from mechanical clocks and change with the times. In 1982, that realization led a watch company called ETA SA to start designing a radical new kind of Swiss watch. The goal was to take advantage of modern materials and methods in order to recapture the entry-level market that had been lost to Japanese imports. The project was headed up by company CEO Ernst Tomka, who had recently invested in an injection molding machine. His team of engineers, including Elmar Mach and Jacques Müller, spent the next 15 months crafting a plastic prototype watch that would be suitable for mass production. What they came up with was a sleek, economical quartz watch with an analog display. Impressively, it required only 51 parts instead of the typical 91 found in most models of the time, and it could be sold for as little as 40 to 50 Swiss francs. Tomka, Mach, and Muller had succeeded in making a watch that was both durable and affordable, but it still lacked a true selling point. The concept of a Swiss watch did still carry some weight with the public, but beyond that, there was little reason to choose their watch over a digital Japanese model. The problem was compounded by the switch to automated production. Since the watches were no longer made by hand, their faces and bands were almost identical in size and shape. So while they were indeed Swiss watches, there was no way to tell that just by looking at them. The right branding would have helped make that connection more clear, but at the time, the names in consideration were Popularis and Delirium Vulgare, neither of which was likely to stick in the public's mind. The team finally made a breakthrough on that front with the help of marketing consultant Franz Sprecher. They told him that they viewed the product as an ideal secondary watch, one that could be purchased in addition to a luxury watch and worn in more casual settings. The concept of a second watch led Sprecher to wonder, why stop there? Why not a third or fourth watch? In fact, since plastic is more abundant and versatile than the precious metals used in traditional watches, why not create an entire fashion line of watches with bold patterns and vivid colors? That way, the product would stand out from other mass-produced quartz watches, while also encouraging repeat sales. Sprecher and his colleagues also helped solve the team's name problem. The product was a Swiss watch, and also a second watch. That meant that on two counts, it was an S-watch, or, you guessed it, a swatch. Once the brand's identity was clearly defined, the swatch was introduced to the world on March 1, 1983. 
The initial collection featured 12 different styles, representing a range of colors, sizes, and patterned clock faces. There were solid bands in white, gray, dark gray, black, yellow, and red, as well as several two-tone combinations. The company sold more than a million swatches in the first year, but that was just the beginning. One of the major benefits of the Swatch's automated production was the ability to produce limited-edition small-batch runs for items. Throughout the 1980s, the Swatch brand would release about two dozen regular models that would remain in production for one or two years. But it also took a page from other fashion brands and began releasing seasonal collections of 24 additional models that changed every few months. Finally, in 1985, the company launched the Swatch Art Specials, a line of limited-edition watches designed in collaboration with famous artists such as Kiki Picasso, Keith Haring, and Vivian Westwood. Thanks to brash, in-your-face advertising, striking color choices, and clever campaigns like the Art Special series, Swatch sales rose from $3 million in 1984 to $105 million in 1985. These days, producing smaller runs and partnering with well-known artists are common sales tactics, with which sneakerheads and other collectors are well acquainted. But Swatch was ahead of the curve in the mid-1980s, and its forward thinking was rewarded by fervent fans who snapped up each new release the second it hit store shelves. As a result, the company produced its 100 millionth Swatch in the spring of 1992, less than a decade after the watch's introduction. Remarkably, it would produce twice as many in the following decade, hitting the 300 million mark in 2003. And while swatches are no longer the hot fashion trend they were in the 1980s and 90s, the company, now known as the Swatch Group, still releases new styles to this day. Over the years, it's even circled back to producing more sophisticated watches with mechanical movements, as well as a wide range of eco-friendly watches made from sustainable materials. Though, of course, inexpensive, colorful quartz watches are still the brand's biggest claim to fame. In an age when most people use their smartphone to check the time, the watch industry isn't on the firmest of footing. But I wouldn't worry too much about the Swatch brand or about Swiss watchmakers in general. If they could weather the quartz crisis of the 1970s, they can survive the iPhone, too. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any feedback to share, feel free to pass it along by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again soon for another day in history class. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 